Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Today on the show, we have Sarah Perkins, who was raised in Melbourne, Australia. Perko played netball and soccer before playing Australian rules football. In 2016, she kicked 52 goals and finished third in the leading goal kicker award behind Mo Hope and Katie Brennan and was named the VWFL Team of the Year. In the 18 months before being recruited, she lost 40 kilos to fulfil her dream of playing Australian rules football. August has been a huge month at Prepare Like a Pro. We launched our academy membership via Patreon. Shout out to strength and conditioning coaches Troy Jones and Luke Jensen for signing on and developing footballer Lucas O'Day. Big shout out also to our recent athletes for signing on to our individualised program. Welcome to Eliza Morrison, Amanda Ventura, Corey Preston, Paul Curtis, Matt Lincoln, Riley Michelson, Tommy Tout, Will Dozert, and Trent Sims. And lastly, welcome to Verena Mack and Kamal Badra for joining our online strength and conditioning program. I'll cut you all in the Discord group and really look forward to working with you all closely. For more information about these offerings, head to our website where we have listed all the details around our different services, as well as all the coaches' bios. The link is in the show notes. Let's go. Here she is. How are you going? Good. How are you? You're going well. Uh, thanks for jumping on, Perko. No, no worries. Anytime. Well, let's uh, dive back into the beginning. Um, at what age did you start playing footy? And then and when did you discover you had a, a passion to play at the highest level? Um, I was playing, I guess, in a junior junior league when I was 16. Uh, but before that, probably had a passion just for kicking the footy out in the street with my uh, my brother and the boys that lived on the on our street growing up. But um, yeah, it probably wasn't until it after after playing netball and uh, soccer for a little while that I was like, oh, try, I've always liked footy and want to do something a bit different. So yeah, convinced mum to let me start playing at the age of 16 and haven't looked back. Ah, awesome. So you transitioned from netball and soccer. Did you find those sports helped? you transition into footy? Uh, I guess they're all a bit different. But, yeah, there's there's aspects of each game that you can bring in, I guess. Um, I always like to tell people that netball is quite competitive um, and I was always good at contesting in that. So, yeah, it's probably brought my physicality from the netball court to the footy field. Yeah, okay. And then the, the, you mentioned you started playing in, in the streets with your um, siblings and was it also neighbours as well? Or how many people would you guys have a kick to kick with? Um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky that my brother's six years older and used to treat me like his little brother. So, um, yeah, he taught me how to be tough, I guess. And then there are a few other boys on the street who, uh, who joined in. So, um, yeah, it was always good fun. Oh, nice one. And, and 16, um, what, what, uh, were you playing community football? Like, um, was it on Saturdays training twice a week? Take us through sort of a typical week, uh, 16 year old. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Training was, I think, once a week on like a Wednesday afternoon, and we'd play on a Saturday morning. Um, and at that point, I was still playing uh, netball, so I'd go basically straight from footy on a Saturday morning to uh, Saturday afternoon netball. Um, and then, yeah, if, if I decided to go to training or I just played an extra game of netball during the week, so 
Um, pretty lucky that I've got two older siblings and yeah, they drove me around heaps and so did my parents. So, um, yeah, it was all always an interesting week trying to fit in all the different sports. Yeah, nice one. So, so, so netball is quite, um, like you said, competitive and then also, um, demanding on the body. Did you, how long were you able to keep that up where you could play both sports? Um, I think I officially retired from netball when I was 21. So, um, I kept up a few, I kept them up for a while, but, yeah, I decided to drop netball after it sort of stopped becoming fun. So, um, yeah, just retired from that at 21 and just stick to footy and, yeah, here I am. And what about soccer? When, when did you um, retire from soccer? Uh, I think I gave it up at, like, the age of 13 or 14. So um, I had a hip injury and I had to pick one sport and um, mum was at netball every Saturday and uh, my brother was playing footy and my sister was at netball. So I thought, uh, it's probably easier just to get to netballs on netball on a Saturday than trying to figure out my way to get to soccer. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then the the game that you were playing, have you always played forward or have you played different positions over your career? Um, uh, towards now, like I'm, I'm more a forward than anything else. But as a junior, I think it's better to play everywhere. So um, I'd play forward, I'd play back, play in the midfield. Um, yeah, just just roll with wherever the coaches put me, and I think. Now I'm stuck at, at full forward and trying to kick as many goals as I can at, uh, yeah, might as well. Yeah, fantastic. And has that always been your favourite position? Uh, no, no, I do, do enjoy playing um, off a half back, but uh, I like kicking goals and celebrating like a full, so I might as well just keep doing that while I can. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What, what's your favourite celebration? What's your go-to at the moment? Uh, well, I haven't kicked too many goals as of late, so uh, probably nothing at that extraordinary. But um, I did give a sort of love heart to my family and friends in the first round uh, this year. So, um, yeah, just a bit of a shout out to them for, for helping me over the past year with COVID and, and keeping me strong and, yeah, always let me follow my dreams. Yeah, fantastic. The, the, the support side of things that you mentioned, um, who has been some strong influences on your career to help you get to where you've got to? Um, oh well, yeah, my my family are my number one supporters, so they've always had my back. And yeah, being the youngest of three siblings, I'm pretty lucky that um, they've been able to drive me around as long as as well as my parents. But um, over the last sort of year, I've had a lot of mates who have helped me keep me motivated to go out and run, and especially during COVID and stuff. That I probably owe the last year to them, and then I've obviously got my footy mentors and stuff who I'm lucky enough to play with. And um, I mean, you spoke to Hutchie last week; she's been a huge influence on my career. So um, yeah, I'm really lucky to have those people in my life. And when you're seeking to get um, better at a certain part of your game, will you talk around the people, whether it be family or, or people who have helped you in the past, um, and they'll put you in direction with someone or, or give you a tip, or is it more something that you, you've always had people around you within the team that you play for that can help you? Uh, probably a bit of both. I mean, it's always good to get an outside opinion. So um, I'm pretty close with coaches and uh, players that have played with in the past. So you're unsure of something it's always good to reach out to them but yeah I guess the first point of call would be go to the people who are around you the most so at the moment those that'd be all the girls on the Gold Coast and the coaching staff up there so um yeah it depends on on what you need advice on if it's what I'm doing wrong at the moment or how can I get better it's yeah always going straight to the first point of contact which would be the Suns at the moment yeah yeah fantastic okay so 16 year old you transitioned from um, like soccer, you finished at 13, netball, you finished at 21. What, what age did you recognize that football was the one that you're going to pay at the professional level? 
Um, I, to be honest, I probably didn't think I'd get a chance. Uh, playing junior footy, uh, we were told that, you know, at some point they were going to try and bring in a women's league and that was going to be 20, 2020, 2021, around that time. And um, then all of a sudden, Gil decided to tell us that he was going to bring in a team or teams in 2016-17. So uh, probably wasn't until about 2015 that they brought in a women's academy that I thought I'd better take it a bit more seriously and give it a real uh, red-hot crack. Yeah, okay. So if it was 2020, it would be something that you think it would be too challenging to, to start? Uh, I guess it would have depended on um, how I was going at the time. So I think towards the end of 2014, even the start of 2015, I wasn't really enjoying my footy that much. And I probably thought, oh, do I keep sticking it out and playing to fun or do I find something else to do? And um, yeah, I'm just really lucky that the coach at, down at my local footy at the time said, no, I need to give it a red hot crack. And pull your finger out and get fit and be the best version of you that you can be to be able to play footy. Who was that? Who, who was uh, Brent, Brendan Major. So he's now coaching the Essendon VFL girls. So, um, yeah, huge shout-out to him for, um, yeah, helping me pull my head in and give footy a crack because, yeah, without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, that, uh, it's, it's, they're valuable conversations to have. How it take us through for developing footballers. Like, how did that come about? Did you open up and say, yeah, this is on your mind, you're thinking about taking it seriously, but you're not sure if you have the love for it, um, or did he approach you? How did that conversation start? Um, well, probably a bit of both. I mean, at that time, I was floating between the reserves and the senior footy in the in the VFLW, and um, he pulled a group of us aside and said, oh, look, the, the AFL Vic's going to start this women's academy, and we're going to put your names forward. And then I probably just had a bit of a chat to him after that. I said, oh, it's a bit silly to put my name forward, isn't it? I don't even really want to play that footy that much. And he said, oh, I think you'd just be an idiot not to play. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a hard conversation to hear that. And I guess to have someone believe in me when I didn't believe in myself at the time, it, yeah, probably proved that I was like, oh, I should probably listen to this bloke. He sounds like he knows what he's doing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it worked out. And and what did you change once that mindset changed? What what did it mean? Did it, was it doing more work? Was it was it changing your the, the quality of work that you're doing? How did you go about it? Uh, I was... Well, probably a huge thing for me at that time was I changed my diet and my work ethic. So I uh, started jumping in the gym a bit more and, and taking that side of footy a little bit more seriously and trying to, yeah, trying to tone my body and get fit. And, yeah, then just really showing up to training and, and putting in the intensity that I, I probably lack. So instead of going half-paced, I was, yeah, giving a real hot crack and making sure I was doing all the extras to, to get right. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then so once – the, the diet change um, and then the, the gym program, were they resources that you had from support from the club or did you have to outsource those? Uh, well, I'm pretty lucky. Mage um, had worked um, overseas with, with gym and strength and conditioning and stuff, so he helped as well as, um, yeah, the Women's Academy at the time. They gave us a gym program and obviously we're training there and training locally that um, I guess once you start get the ball to get the ball rolling, sorry, and uh, you pick up little bits from each each person you you got a, a standard base I guess to yeah to be able to work out a program but then obviously knowing that I had major in my back pocket um to get advice off it yeah it was always good to ask him for help yeah and did you did you start to love the game again like having fun like growing up as a junior or having a kick with your brothers in the street did, did that love for the game come back yeah absolutely well we were winning games and I was kicking goals so um yeah it helps and um I guess when you when you feel like you're playing good footy, I guess um, the game always just becomes 
I guess, fun again and it feels easy. So, um, yeah, there was no pressure to perform or I wasn't putting any pressure on myself. It was more about just having fun. And, um, yeah, we actually had a pretty good year that year. And, yeah, I guess just wanting to have fun and, yeah, like I said, kicking goals, it's always putting a smile on your face. Absolutely. And so from that moment where um, Brendan had a chat chat with you about the AFL Vic, um, did you end up making the squad and, and then how did your career progress from there? Uh, yeah, so I think we had at the summer of, or the summer like, program of 2015 into 2016. Um, and then I progressed to playing uh, one game as an exhibition game for Melbourne uh, against the Bulldogs earlier on in that year. Um, and then missed out on selection for the next game. Um, but yeah, just had a really good BFL season and um, it was draft year come the end of 2016. So um, going into that, I thought I'd done everything that I could to get drafted. And then, yeah, obviously missed out on the draft, but I uh, was lucky enough to be picked up by the Crows as a free agent. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. Oh, fantastic. So free agent, for those that don't understand, how does that work? Um, I don't really understand the process myself um, and how it all happened, but uh, the yep. free agency period in the women's draft is just, I think it's a couple, maybe a week post the draft. Um, obviously, for those that don't know, it's a state-based draft. So um, that year I nominated to be drafted in Melbourne and I missed out on a spot there. So therefore, anyone in luck interstate could pick me up if they wanted to. So uh, yeah, after conversations with the Crows, they just decided to sign in and that's how it works. Awesome. And how was that like changing, you know, moving your life and, and transitioning to living in a, in another state? Um, it was terrifying, if I'm being honest. Um, I hadn't lived out of home. I was 23 and I didn't know anyone in South Australia. So, um, yeah, I completely just packed up my life into my car and drove across. And, yeah, like I said, I was terrified. I didn't know any of the other girls. But, um, yeah, really happy that the group of girls that we had there and uh, the coaching staff and the club were amazing and, yeah, made it feel like home straight away. So. Yeah, although it was a terrifying experience, it's probably something that I'll be forever grateful for. And yeah, I'm never afraid to move away from home. Obviously, now that I, yeah, live, live on the Gold Coast, but it, uh, yeah. 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 And, and what, how did your like typical week look? Were you working part time, studying as well as, um, playing? Like take us through what, what the schedule looked like at that time. Um, yes, I was working full time when I moved over there. Um, I worked for Reese Plumbing. So thankfully they just transferred me to a store and, um, yeah, I worked Monday to Friday and one, one in every two Saturdays at that time. So it was like seven till four and then on Saturday it was eight till 12. Um, and then obviously training three days a week and then in the gym on the two nights off that we had. So, um, wow. yeah, most days it was leaving the house at about six o'clock and not getting home until nine o'clock at night. So, um, yeah, they can be quite quite brutal on you but um obviously kind of wouldn't have it any other way i guess it gives you a chance to work on your work-life balance and yeah learn how to prioritize things and as a 23 year old who hasn't lived out of home like who hadn't lived out of home at the time and mum was still cooking me dinner and stuff it uh, probably helped that with my meal prep and, and all that kind of stuff and yeah just being a real adult yeah big growth period so were you living with other fellow players or how did your living arrangement look uh, no, I was living with uh, randoms at the time, so the club just found me um, a place to stay and, yeah, just lived with randoms and I ended up moving in with um, our team manager towards the end of that season in 2017. So, um, yeah, again, a different experience moving into a house where I didn't know anyone and, yeah, obviously not knowing anyone. It made it fun and, and tough, but, um, yeah, it was a good good growth experience. So they, how was it if they weren't playing footy? 
like was it hard or did that sort of keep it fresh and and I uh, always take a, a bit of a break from football? Uh, I did get woken up I think once uh, the night before a game at 3am when one of my housemates decided to come home after partying, which was an experience. But um, no, it was good to good to get home. Um, the girl I was living with, I played in the sample at the time, so she was still training and playing footy, obviously. Um, just, just at a different standard that I was. So, um, at least I had someone to talk footy with, but then also just talk life with, which was, yeah, always handy. Yeah, yeah, nice. We'll be right back after this short break to explain our Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our Academy is a Patreon subscription based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for developing athletes and strength and conditioning coaches, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content, learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions, access to the Discord group with myself and all our coaches, receive merch discounts, access to all our high-performance presentations, and get first access to our live events. This is also a great way for you to support the podcast and helps me with the production and release of epic content for you guys each week. Your contribution goes a long way in making the Prepare Like a Pro podcast possible. For a small fee, you'll have access to all the special content released on our Academy forums. There is no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely any time. For more information, click the link in our Instagram bio. Welcome back to the show. So then how did you go playing at that level? What was your transition like into the Crows? Um. Oh, it was, it was all right, I guess. Um, I played some pretty handy footy and um, got to play with sort of Aaron Phillips and Chelsea Randall, who um, who are amazing footballers. So uh, we're pretty lucky to play in a good team. And um, yeah, I guess it was it's different. You get to play against people you've never played against before. So um, the whole AFL experience of uh, gaining footage and, and checking out your opposition and stuff or something, um, it still takes a bit of time to get used to. But um, yeah, transitioning to the level, I don't think I had a trouble with and had too much trouble with, but yeah, obviously you can always improve. So, um, but yeah, it's probably my best season. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what caught, what was the most, like the biggest surprise, I guess, was it like the meetings, um, the tactical side, the tech, the amount of training, like you said, going to the gym twice a week on top of the training not with full time work. So like the workload, what, what caught you off guard the most? Um, Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I guess, yeah, probably how much we, time we did spend in the gym or even just how much time we were on the track. And I guess we only have a certain amount of time each week that um, we could be at the club or we had to squeeze everything in together. So I guess just how organised we had to be as, as a club and as a group to get everything done. So if we were only allowed in the club for three hours, three times a week, it was trying to fit, I guess, what a Monday session would be with, with review and recovery and then training as well. So just... I guess how much little time we had to fit in to what I guess AFL players have mm. a whole week to fit in. We're cramming into three sessions a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that everything's got to be, um, you know, d- trying to fit in with everyone's schedules while working as well. Like, how would you go mentally? Like, at the end of a day's work, I'm sure concentration that you'd have lapses and things like that. So, how did you reset from working all day and then? Like you said, time is precious. Um, trying to fit in what the full timers do in a, in a semi-professional environment. So um, I imagine that would have its challenges. And how did you how did you go with coping with it? 
Um, I'd always try and put good music on in a car on the way from work to training just to try and change the mood up or get myself pumped for training. But um, I guess it's being able to walk into the club and I guess leaving the day that you've already had behind you so when you walk in, you're automatically switched into football mode. Um, I guess it's something that I had to learn to do pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, I think my music always got the job done. Um, although not a lot of people agree with my music choices, um, yeah, music or a good podcast on the way to on the way to from work to training always help. Yeah, and did that strategy come naturally? Like that was that something you practiced previously, or did someone give you advice on? Like they're they're two good tips: the music to to help with your energy, but then also that's um great advice for developing footballers leaving your day behind, like not taking it with you, um, moving on and and focusing on the now. So, how did you come to to have that as part of your habit, your routine? Um, I don't actually know. I think it's probably just something um, that I've had to work really hard on myself and um, obviously some days are easier than others. So um, like now I'd say that I've probably got some solid advice from a sports psychologist and um, our health and wellbeing ladies that, that we've had at the footy club. So um, I guess it's what really is is taking tips from people and then um, finding out what works for you the best. So, um, yeah, we're obviously really lucky that we have the resources of psychologists and welfare people to to help us out so yeah they're probably the ways that i'd go about it yeah fantastic and and so adelaide crows from there um how long were you there for and then where did you next play um after adelaide yes i was at adelaide for three years so from 2017 to 2019 um and i came home and played for the hawks in the vfl season in 2018 which uh, was a childhood dream of mine to play for the club that i've backed for my whole life and something I'll be forever grateful for and um, yeah played for them in 2019 as well and um, played for Melbourne uh, the start of last year 2020 as a top-up player so yeah got delisted from the Crows which was a tough experience but um, yeah got delisted and worked really hard to try and get fit for that year's draft and and missed out but then there was an opportunity to be a train-on player I took that um, and then yeah nominated myself uh, for the Queensland draft at the end of 2020 and got picked up by the Sun. So, um, awesome. bit of a bit of a long journey to get to where I am, but um, yeah, I probably wouldn't change it. Made me who I am, and yeah, it's make makes me mentally tough and um, pretty resilient to to keep putting my hand up. And um, yeah, look, I've failed a couple of times, but yeah, I'm working my butt off to make sure that I'm at the Suns now, and um, yeah, I can stay there for a little bit longer and hopefully finish my career there. Yeah, hats off to you. That's that's great resilience to be able to bounce back so quickly. Um, how did you gather yourself? I imagine there'd be a few days where you you, you would be pretty down and um, motivation would be low. Um, for those that might be listening that are going through maybe an injury um, or just a form slump or, or similar, they got delisted. How, how do you go about um, getting back on board, like you said, and, and staying motivated and, and getting better? Um. I mean, it has its challenges, um, depending on what you're going through. But um, I don't know. Beck's, Beck Goddard's advice to me was, "The sun comes up tomorrow." So, um, you know, when I missed out on the draft in in 2019, uh, she messaged to check in and then just said, "Oh, the sun comes up tomorrow when we start again." So, um, yeah, I guess it's just about refocusing and maybe rethinking about the goals that you have, and yeah, just rem- remembering that, yeah, like it's not the be all and end all. If you do get drafted, or if you don't get redrafted, or you know. Obviously, you want to get back from injuries, um, but yeah, like just remembering that tomorrow is a new day and you start fresh, and um, you never know what's going to come your way. So, if I had given up, probably would have never had the chance to be a train-on player with Melbourne, and 
um, yeah, like I said, I'm grateful for that experience because it helped me be a bit more resilient um, in getting back to, to where I wanted to be. Yeah, 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 and, and well said. And, and see, now at Gold Coast Suns, um, how has the game changed over the last sort of four years at, at AFL level? Has, is, the, is the workload um, similar or is it bigger? Take us through what the, what the schedule looks like now. Um, yeah, well, the schedule's pretty much the same. We're still three days, three days of training a week plus um, two days of gym uh, on our off days. Our hours that we're allowed to be at the club have extended a little bit, which is obviously um, handy because it means that we can be better footballers. Um, and, but I guess the, the biggest change that I've seen over the last five years is how talented all the, the young girls coming through are that, um, unlike me, stepping out, as an 18-year-old, I hadn't played against women before where the girls are coming through with all the pathways from Auskick right up to senior footy that, yeah, their skill levels are elite and the game obviously just keeps getting faster. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of talented girls out there who are still yet to come through. So, um, yeah, I guess just how talented all the girls coming through are is the biggest change that I've seen. Yeah, okay. So skill levels picked up a lot. Um, what about, like, the tactical knowledge? Is that an area of the game that's that's grown as well? Um, yeah, I guess it all depends on uh, the coaches you have and the way that they want it to play. So uh, there's a lot of coaches who want to play a tactical brand of footy and you see a lot more zones coming in and that kind of stuff where other coaches play their fundamentals first and then bring in the game plan. So, um, yeah, it's intriguing, obviously, being at a few clubs to see um, how different programs work. So, um, yeah, the tactical side of it obviously comes into it because as girls get better with their skills and um, we keep you know, scoring more goals and we can get a bit more defensive. Obviously, the tactical side will come along with it too. Yeah. And what about the, the physical side? Like the training sessions are the same, but is the, the the fitness of the game and the speed of the game, has that improved? And, and if so, what what areas have, have changed, whether it be in the gym or the drills that, that, you, that is now being done? Um, yeah, take us through how how the program has changed as well. Yeah, well, obviously, when the game gets faster, everyone that's playing has got to get faster. So um, I know at the Suns, we, we had a bit more of a focus on our high-speed metres. Um, obviously, if you watch me run, I'm not the fastest player, but, um, yeah, obviously trying to work on, personally, my high-speed metres and get my speed up is, is something that I'm working on. And, um, yeah, obviously, I guess when the game gets faster, you've got to get faster with it. So um, I guess it's good that you have strength and conditioning coaches who try and individualise the program as best as they can to help you with um, your strength and weaknesses so that's probably something that obviously as we get more hours and we get to be able to train a lot more that's something that we're getting um, our hands on as well okay and what did the hours increase from um, per week but you mentioned you can spend more time in the club uh, yeah I think they went from we may have been allowed in the club 10 to 12 hours um, with like contact with our coaches or as a training group and I think now we can train sort of 15 to um, maybe 18 hours at the club but obviously you have access to the yeah. club whenever you want so um obviously we do a lot of extras outside of our hours because um obviously personally i want to get better so yeah i guess yeah, it's still going to keep growing and yeah the more it grows the more hours and yeah who knows maybe one day soon it will be a full-time job or we can be more part-time than semi-part-time kind of thing yeah yeah, that, that, that's a good jump in the right direction, the 15 to 18. And that's contact hours, like you said, with where everyone's doing scheduled work, whether it be meetings, training in the gym, on the field. Uh, how often will you do your gym work outside of the contact hours? Um, well, same thing. It all depends on your program. So um, I know up at the Suns we had girls 
um, who were only in the gym one extra day. That was just whether they were new to the program and they want to slowly build build up their strength and conditioning. But, um, yeah, I always try and snuck in a couple of extra days and I jump in and do some off-legs conditioning sessions. So, um, yeah, I'm someone that likes to do about three gym sessions a week. So whenever I can fit that in, and obviously it all depends on games and stuff as well and how my body's recovering. But, yeah, if I can do an extra two gym sessions outside of the one that we do as a group, then, yeah, that's what I aim to do. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And the, you mentioned the, the off-feet conditioning for those that um, haven't heard of that term before. Um, what is it and, and what, why do you do it? Like, What part of your game are you trying to improve by, by doing off-feet conditioning? Uh, yeah, so off-legs conditioning is, I guess, um, like a, a bike, a ski erg, a grinder, a rower um, in the pool just with my arms. So um, I personally do it just to try and um, build a bit, more, a bit of extra fitness. Um, over the pre-season so um, yeah obviously just to try and help yeah, with my fitness level and my endurance and just so that I can obviously recover and not, I'm not smashing my body too much so I'm trying to take a load off um, by obviously not running or, or being in the gym at the full time but um, yeah I'm pretty lucky we have a, a heat room up on up on the Gold Coast so I spend a lot of time in there and yeah always jump in the pool wherever I can obviously for that bit of extra recovery but also like swimming so yeah it's a good way to get keep my fitness up. Yeah. Yeah, so on the topic of recovery, what, what have been some of your favourite ways to recover straight after a game or, or the or the day after a game? Um, uh, a bit of a weird one. I, I don't mind the old, old ice bath um, or, yeah, jumping and walking a couple of laps in the pool. So they're probably two that work for me or um, straight after the game I'm probably um, just chucking ice bags on any sore niggles and stuff that I have. And, um, yeah, always make sure I try and get a really good sleep. So, um yeah, obviously sleep's probably one of the most important things that you can have in terms of recovery. But outside of that, it's the standard ice baths, walking in the pool or just ice packs, whatever I've got access to. Yeah. yeah. And with your sleep, can it, have you ever found it challenging to get into like a deep sleep after a big game? And, and if so, what are some ways that players can help sort of wind down to, to you know, to get into a good rested state? Yeah, I always find it really hard to fall asleep after a night game. Um, I think with just the adrenaline of playing and, and being up and about, especially if you get the win, um, yeah, you've got a lot of adrenaline running through your body. Um, so trying to switch off is really hard. But um, I like to chuck on some sleep meditation apps um, or, yeah, just chuck on a meditation and try and just relax myself that way and um, help myself fall into a deep sleep. So I'm a pretty good sleeper once I'm asleep. But, yeah, obviously just falling asleep at the start, especially if I'm up and about. Um, is something I've struggled with, so those apps have, have helped me. Awesome. Do you know a couple off the top of your head for those listening that want to download an app, an app to help? Yeah, I uh, I think I've listened to Smiling Minds, their sleep cycle app that they have. I think there's about six sessions, um, and I reckon I've listened to them oh, too many times that I could count, but, yeah, they still do the trick. So, um, yeah, they'd be the ones that I'd jump on. Awesome. Oh, very good. And how long do, will a a uh, a song take or, or a sequence uh, i think it varies so i think there's one that's like six minutes long and then there's another one that's like 20 minutes long so um yeah obviously i i can't say i've ever listened to the one that goes for 20 minutes long so by the time it gets about halfway through i get bored and i fall asleep so um yeah i'd, I'd like to say it does the job yeah <laughs> well said very good well, well we'll start to wrap it out up now perco what, what are you excited for for 2021 what's on the horizon for you um, well, obviously our season's coming forward, so we start in December now. So um, I'm obviously stuck here in Melbourne at the moment. Um, I've got two games of 
um, footy to go with the Hawks and then I'll head back up to the Gold Coast. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting back up and um, getting stuck in a preseason with the girls. And, um, yeah, we had a bit of a shocking season last year. So I'm really excited to hopefully win a few games with the girls and, yeah, just see how much we've improved um, over the off season. So, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. So, yeah, so VFL season, that finishes in a couple of weeks. What will be... What will be the plan for you from VFL to AFLW? So we have a bit of an off-season period and then almost like a, an off-season training program or were you, how will the next couple of months look? Um, well, I've got to get back up and in the state first, obviously with our COVID restrictions that we've got at the moment here in Vic. But um, yeah, hopefully have maybe a week or so off um, and then jump into our pre-pre-season uh, program, um, which probably kick off at the start of maybe August, end of July. Um, and then be ready to go for pre-season, which starts, I think, the 1st of September. So, yeah, not too much of a break, but, um, yeah, just enough to refresh the body and, um, yeah, get myself back up to the Gold Coast and be ready to go. And the, like you said, the, the pre, pre-season, what would be a typical week if, if the normal pre-season at the Gold Coast Suns is three sessions a week and then, you know, two to three, or you do an extra gym session, so three gym sessions a week, what, what will August look like for you? Yeah, it'll just look pretty much the same. So um, I'd say it'd be probably two to three running sessions a week and then, yeah, one to two gym sessions um, and then maybe some off-leg sessions depending on uh, what each of us need to work on. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm working off. But if it's if it's changing, it's more, it's more. If it's less, we'll just do whatever is required and, yeah, still try and get my extras in. Well, very good. Awesome. Well, thanks again for, for jumping on and, and sharing your stories along your journey, uh, what's worked and and uh, the lessons you've had along the way. It's um, yeah, been fantastic having you on for, for everyone listening, both developing players but also um, current mature players playing as well. So thanks, Perko. No, no worries at all. Anytime. Awesome. And all the best for those two games. Hopefully you guys get a yeah. win for Meg Hutchins' uh, last couple of games. Yeah, I think we have to. She deserves it, doesn't she? Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Catch up. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, so I suppose it is... Um... It'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah. Yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. 
Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us. Awesome. So he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was, uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat. Um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that, in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's, that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker. Um, and yeah. and yeah, like just yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.